Well, good morning, church. Um, as I'm sure you know, today is Valentine's Day. So we thought, what better day to talk about love and obviously specifically the fact that God is love. The verses we're going to be following today are from 1 John 4, verses 8 to 11. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation, the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. You know, trying to describe the love of God, it's, well, it's impossible, isn't it? Um, I'm sure you would agree, especially trying to describe that love to actually someone that doesn't yet know God. It's just something that is too great for us to understand or comprehend or explain or even imagine. You know, John points out in these verses that God's love can be shown to us through the following ways through his identity, the fact that he is love. Through incarnation, the fact that he sent his precious son to this world to save us. And then through initiation of relationship with us, which we are so thankful for. Not that again, we first loved him, but he first loved us. So firstly, the fact that God is love. You know, and it's not that he loves, it's not what he does, it is who he is. You know, and that takes us to have a kind of change of mindset, doesn't it, to understand that. That's his being, it's his state, it's his identity, it's his core. When we think of love, you know, we tend to think of it as something that we do, something that we feel, you know, it's based on our emotions. Maybe it's emotion for a person or persons, perhaps a a sibling, a parent. It could be for something material, something that we love in our house. Could be an experience that we love. This type of love in the Bible is described by one of the Greek words for love called eros. And we use the word love quite flippantly in our culture, don't we? It could be like, oh, I love that top you're wearing. Oh, I loved that cake you made. Love what you've done to the house. And so when we think about love, it actually doesn't really help us understand the otherness of the love that God has for us. So God's love is described in the Bible by another Greek word for love called agape. It's who he is. It's not based on anything we've done or haven't done. You know, agape love is unconcerned with the self. It's concerned with the greatest good of another. It's not born out of emotions or feelings or attraction. His love is undeserved and it's gracious and it's sacrificial. And it requires faithfulness, commitment and sacrifice without expecting anything in return. Now, before the stars, the planets, before earth, creation, human beings, animals, he was love. But who was there to love? Before the foundation of the world, God was loving God. 
There was that loving community and perfect communion between the members of the Trinity. The Father faced with the glory and radiance and perfection of Jesus could have no other reaction but love. And then the Spirit, watching the compassion and the might of the Father, could likewise not respond with anything apart from deep affection and love. But it's not that God just merely loves all the time. It's the fact he is love. So much so that anyone who doesn't love doesn't even know him. So God's agape love then kind of transports us to the Middle East, you know, just over 2000 years ago. This is love in action. God became man. He left the heavenly glory and sinless perfection, dwelling in perfect community with the Father and the Holy Spirit. And he became a baby born into a sinful and dirty and desperate world among the stench of sheep and donkeys. You know, this difference in habitat, Andrew describes as liking to when you jump from a hot tub into an icy pool. And I haven't done that. It's not something I'd like to do, but I know that it is a distinct and painful transformation, which is probably why I don't want to do it. You know, this God baby filled his nappy, he had to learn to talk, to walk. He fell over, grazed his knees. He lived as we live. And he was misunderstood and he faced bereavement. He faced temptation. He was rejected by those he created, by those he loved. And then when he was 33, he was on a wooden cross outside Jerusalem on a rubbish dump. This powerful symbol of love had grown up to be a man, but you couldn't tell who he was, disfigured and tortured. The sky changed to dark clouds. The crowds were taunting him. There was no longer those amazing cries of Hosanna in the highest, but instead they shout, his blood be upon us and our children. His earthly father had died. His closest friends had abandoned, betrayed or denied him. So here, rejected by his followers and those he called friends, the wrath of God at all of our lies and our lusts, our envy, our greed, our pride was poured out on him, breaking the fellowship with the Father and the Spirit that he'd experienced since the beginning of time. Surrounded by criminals, he was crying out at being forsaken by his father. The one who created water was asking for a drink. His bones were broken. His lungs were filling with blood. And he still calls out, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. You know, those he created those he formed, those he loved, had been allowed to make those free choices. And now he was experiencing the consequences of those choices and the consequences of all of those who'd yet been born, people like us. But then it is finished. It is done. 
the victory cry that resounds across history and into the future. Our own love story, we have been redeemed. As Spurgeon puts it so much better than I could and maybe even better than Andrew could. Oh, this love of Christ. It is beyond all degree, standard or compass. In comparison with it, other love, high and noble as that other love may be, dwindles into insignificance. You know, we try and draw God down to us, don't we? By using earthly comparisons to help us understand that he is love. But what we need is revelation about this magnificent love that is power and passion and perfection and propitiation. Our Eros love fluctuates. It's not steadfast. It's based on feelings and it changes so easily with circumstance. You know, I know that in my life and I'm sure you do in yours. So today on this Valentine's Day, let's invest in a relationship that will stand the test of time and go on to eternity. <clears throat> you know, I know that we don't always feel like looking up. We don't always feel that he's there. We don't always feel that he loves us, but it's not about what we feel. It's about trusting in the overwhelming, unconditional, never ending love of God. There's another great quote from Spurgeon on this initiation of love and relationship with us. Never dream that he began to love you when you began to love him. No, but it was because he loved you hard and fast when you were reveling in your sin that his love put its arms around you, lifted you out of your sin and made you who you are. This is love with feet. Our sin is not going to put him off. Nothing we do makes us unacceptable to him. There's no barrier because of our sin, because of Jesus. Instead, he runs towards us with open arms. He rejoices over us with singing. He delights in us because he first loved us. You know, you could be watching this this morning and you've never experienced the love of God. So I just want to invite you in a moment, actually when we pray, to just open your heart up to him, for him to reveal his love to you this morning. It's not something we're going to be able to describe to you. It's something you need to experience. And for those of us that have experienced the love of God, we know Jesus is our saviour. We know that he is love. We still need fresh, fresh revelation of this love this morning. So let's pray that. Let's pray that our hearts are drawn to him because our eyes have been opened to that again this morning. You know, we're going to worship in a moment. And this is such a good place to come from um, to ask for that revelation so that we can respond. <clears throat> Holy Spirit, we pray you would reveal something to us about the otherness of God's love this morning. Open our eyes, Lord, to the love that casts out fear that loves when we don't deserve and that sent your precious saviour to restore our relationship with you forever. Amen.